Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back. I am so happy to be chatting with you today. Um, it is April, which is crazy. I feel like this winter has felt really long, but also really fast. And that's what they say, right? Like as we get older, um, time just flies by even quicker, which I would agree. It really has. Um, so with that, with it being April, we are coming to the end of the competitive season for most gymnasts. And I want to start a five part series with you. Um, it's going to last through the five next five weeks, which is um, a great way to set your gymnast up for um, a, a successful off season or what I call improvement season. But I think it's really important that before we move into the off season, before we start working on upgrades, before we switch to summer training schedules, which often have more hours, um, it's you know different and it's harder in a whole different way than the competitive season. I think it's really important that we take stock of this current season, that we look at what worked and what didn't in terms of nutrition. We look at how your gymnast did in terms of injuries, performance, growth, development, academic performance, you know, how their relationship was with food in their body. I think all of this is so important to look at right now because gymnastics is busy, right? There, there is no real off season in the gymnastics world. I think with other sports, when we say off season, it really means off, like they don't do the sport. (laughs) And if you have been around the sport for a while in gymnastics, you know, that off season is often more intense or just intense in different ways than the competitive season. And so there really isn't ever a break. And I think it's so easy to get lost in the hustle and the striving and the straining and always trying to do more and more and more and be better, better, better that oftentimes, you know, gymnasts and parents are missing some of the big rocks, especially when it comes to nutrition, they're missing some of the most foundational pieces of their gymnast performance and health. And it's already hurting them. It's already keeping them stuck and struggling. And it's only going to compound as they get older and as they advance um, through the sport. And so before we move on, um, I want to take part one of this five-part series with you today, all about gymnast nutrition and recovery in the off-season to look back, right? We have to look back at this season in order to move forward. So I think the first thing that we need to look at is your gymnast injury status, right? How did they do in terms of injuries this past season? Were they healthy the whole time? Are they currently healthy? Are they healthy, but maybe they have some aches and pains that they haven't really told you about yet that probably when they do get the courage to tell you, it's going to be a way bigger deal than it could have been, right? If we had spoken up a little bit sooner, which that's a whole other podcast for another day. Were they injured most of the season? Was this an injury that was a carryover from last summer or the season before? Um, was this kind of an accidental injury or was this an overuse injury? Um, something when I'm working with gymnasts is I always want to know, you know, what do the doctors say in terms of how long it would take for the injury to heal? And then how long did it really take to heal? And if the doctor said, 
you know, oh, four to six weeks for this fracture to heal. And yet at 12 weeks, the fracture is not healing. Um, that should raise a lot of red flags, right? Um, I know sometimes it's like, huh, I don't know. That's kind of weird. Let's check back in another couple weeks when it's like, hmm, okay, how about we actually kind of dig deep here and see if we can come up with some sort of root cause, right? If a body's not healing or recovering, especially in, you know, what should be a young, healthy, growing child or teen, more than likely something is missing from that recovery process. And if they really are staying off the injury and rehabbing it like they're supposed to, if it's not healing, it's probably a lack of fuel, right? If you're not eating enough to provide the necessary building blocks to grow and develop, then there's also not necessary building blocks available to repair and recovery. And that's just the bottom line. It's the harsh reality. A lot of us want to think that it's not true, but, but it is. So I think looking back on your gymnast injuries, how they're currently doing is all really, really important. And in the third lecture of our team talk series, which is all about nutrition for injuries and inflammation, um, I start out that series talking about, you know, accidental injuries versus overuse injuries. And I used to say, you know, all injuries have a nutrition related component in the sense that we have to have nutrition just to support ongoing repair, recovery, and certainly prevention. And in terms of the accidental injuries, I used to kind of write those off and say those have nothing to do with nutrition. You know, they just happen. Um, It's really the overuse injuries that we need to focus on in terms of, you know, there's likely an underfueling component there. And I've, I've revised my position on that a little bit because while yes, there will always be accidental injuries that are just freak accidents that happen, right? The sport is dangerous. There is risk. I think it's important to think about when did this accidental injury happen, right? Did it happen towards the end of practice when your gymnast was tired and she wasn't able to focus or concentrate as well? Did it happen towards the end of season where she had been competing, you know, week to week to week to week and not getting enough nutrition, not getting enough sleep, being out of her normal routine. And so again, she was just run down and not, you know, things weren't firing on all cylinders. I think it's really important to investigate each and every injury and kind of tease out, you know, what's related with nutrition and what's not, because obviously nutrition is much more of a controllable than training hours, mechanics, workload, and all that. Um, I think along with the injury status, I think it's important to, you know, have an eye on workload and the numbers. Um, Anytime I work with, you know, a family and they tell me that multiple, multiple, multiple kids on the team are all out with the same kind of injury, I'm not a physical therapist. Um, and I, I don't even try to be one. That's why I have incredible friends who do that. And I refer gymnasts to them all the time. Um, but when I hear that kind of thing, you know, when I hear that multiple level eights and nines on a team, all are out with back fractures, all the red flags go up for me because, you know, there just must be something in terms of the workload management, the numbers, you know, the conditioning, you know, something must be up because, you know, I wouldn't say that in any injury is normal per se. Um, again, not to say that it's, it's a a gym wide issue, so to speak, but you know, I can say if I was a coach and you know, if it was one kid with a back fracture, it'd kind of be like, okay, you know, what, what can we do for her? Like, let's go send her to a physical therapist, you know, let's get her evaluated. Like, let's make sure, you know, structure function, whatever. But if there's like three, four or five kids, I'm going to start to question, is there something I'm doing wrong? Like, are we training too hard? Do we have too many, 
you know, numbers of certain things? Are we not periodizing the season properly? Um, you know, what's going on with our strength conditioning? I mean, I would be tapping into other experts because um, frankly, I would probably be a little bit nervous, right? Because parents are going to start asking questions and they do. Um, and, and those are the parents that I get in my office. And obviously all I can do is just refer them to experts that I know um, who understand gymnastics and can talk through the gymnast training and the conditioning and, you know, assess them from, you know, all angles in terms of performance and mechanics and all, all the things, um, and, and kind of tease out which of this is a, a training issue versus under fueling. And I mean, often it's both. And so, you know, even when we correct nutrition, there still is a risk of future injury just because of what's going on in the gym. And that's something that I don't have control over. Uh, it's something that parents have very little control over, but I think it's, utilizing people in your network, tapping into experts who can help kind of guide you in that way. I think something else that's really important to look back on is performance, right? How did your gymnast do this season? How did she do in terms of reaching her goals in developing strength? How was her power and endurance? How was her skill acquisition? You know, all of that to some degree will be reflected in scores, uh, but at the same time, you know, comparing your gymnast to, to herself, right? You know, what did she set out to do at the beginning of the season? Have we been consistently progressing? You know, even if it's small amounts, that is still forward movement. Um, or is she stuck? Is she in a plateau? Is she training and doing all the things and yet for some reason isn't progressing as expected? You know, our teammates surpassing her. Um, you know, if you say yes to any of those questions, that would be just another area to kind of take a pause on and figure out what, what is going on. I can say when gymnasts aren't progressing in terms of strength, power, endurance, when they're struggling with skills, it's often an under fueling issue because here's the deal. They're doing the reps, they're doing the conditioning, they're doing the training. Um, but if they're not getting better, we're missing that last part or what we call adaptation to training. So we have to have enough nutrition available to repair, recover, grow, develop, and adapt to training. That's to get better, get stronger, get faster. And if there's not enough nutrition to even grow and develop, you can forget full repair recovery, hence a lot of these injuries. And then that last part, the adaptation to training, they are going to fall short of that. And um, this one kills me because when we have families that apply to the Balanced Gymnast Program, which is our three-month coaching program, which is about to start again for the summer, a lot of parents on their application will say stuff like, you know, her coach came to me and said that they don't think that she's working hard enough. Um, you know, she may not move up to the next level. They think that she's not motivated, so on and so forth. And this is often like level eight, level nine, level 10 gymnasts. And I'm like, wait a second, you know, it, it takes a lot of motivation and work ethic to get to that level, not to say that it couldn't wane for one reason or another. Um, but in my experience, when these gymnasts are properly fueled, that's when they start to progress again, especially if they are going through puberty or about to go through puberty. We have to fuel through that. There is so much that happens in terms of body change and mechanic change that if we don't fuel through it, they're going to plateau and they're going to struggle, which sure, it could be assumed that that is an, an attitude or work ethic or motivation kind of problem. But I think you need to give them a fighting chance in terms of optimizing nutrition before um, you know, that kind of assessment is made on that same topic. I think it's very important to look back at this last year and assess your gymnast growth and development. Um, in part two of this series, we're going to talk about what to ask your doctor. Um, I know a lot of 
parents, you know, are taking their kids to the doctor at this time of year, they finally have a chance to slow down. Um, they've maybe put it off all season just because life is so busy. And so they're finally taking them for their annual checkup as well as, you know, maybe they have some questions about their development or we've had a ton of injuries, or maybe they're constantly tired or complaining of certain things like dizziness or something like that. I think it's really important to look back um, and your gymnast should be growing and developing. So between ages nine and 12, your gymnast should be gaining at least five to seven pounds a year, um, could be up to nine or 10 pounds a year around puberty. They should be gaining at least two to three inches a year. And that right there should give you pause if your gymnast isn't growing. And I, I just want to say it, it's not cute if your gymnast isn't growing. Um, to me, it's really gross how um, idolized young gymnast bodies are on social media and how it's almost celebrated that they're so cute and tiny and mighty and they're not growing. And I, I just like want to shake those parents because what they don't realize is that if their kid's not growing, that means that their kid is not getting enough nutrition to grow and develop and adapt to their training or get better, get stronger, get faster. And not only that, they are setting them up for a career full of overuse related injuries because of years and years and years of often what is unintentional underfueling, but not going to lie, sometimes it is intentional as well. So just know that growth and development is normal. We all go through it. And it's a very, very good sign that your gymnast is getting um, what she needs. In terms of energy levels, I think that you know, also kind of ties into how was their performance this year? Is your gymnast constantly exhausted? Is she falling asleep? from school to gym? Is she impossible to get up in the morning? How much sleep is she getting? Um, I get it. Gymnasts train a lot. You're going to be tired when you're training 20, 30 hours a week. And when you've got a full, you know, academic load, but at the same time, you know, when I have gymnasts that are falling asleep in class or, you know, they can't even keep their eyes open during practice to me, that also screams under fueling. Like that's, that's not normal. And if your gymnast is tired all the, t- all the time, and they're relying on caffeine, if they're having to drink a Celsius or a coffee before gym, if they're having to drink one during gym and they're a teenager, that's, that's a problem. I know it's cool to do that these days, but like I tell my gymnast, caffeine is not real energy. It's, it's kind of short-lived fake energy, so to speak. And if they're tired, they need to reach for food or they need to get in bed. And I've talked about this before on an episode, but a lot of gymnasts are not getting enough sleep at all. Um, a lot of the high level gymnasts I work with are barely getting five or six hours of sleep a night. And again, I know that they have incredibly, um, high academic workloads. So did I as a gymnast, but at the same time, um, most will tell you that they can't get off their phone. You know, they may get in bed by 10 PM, but they're still awake at midnight or 1 AM because they're on TikTok, They're Snapchatting their friends, you know, other friends, are calling them to FaceTime because those friends aren't athletes. And, you know, it's hard for the gymnast to say, no, Hey, I got to go to bed. Right. Cause they don't want to, you know, want to be unpopular. So I think that's a big one. Um, you can only do that for so long until it's going to catch up with you. And I'll tell you that a lot of the 16, 17, 18, 18 year old high level gymnasts that I work with, many of which are already committed to D one schools with full ride scholarships. Um, you know, a lot of them are incredibly talented, right? Which is why they've been recruited, you know, when first possible, but a lot of them are struggling with some of these basic things like fueling their body, eating breakfast, getting enough sleep. And 
Um, For many of them, it's starting to show up in junior year for them. It starts to show up senior year for them. um, And they definitely start to struggle and they aren't necessarily the gymnasts that um, coaches first saw, you know, when they decided to recruit them. So again, all the more reason to make sure that your gymnast is taking care of herself and that she's doing the things necessary to uh, protect her, her long-term goals and her longevity in the sport. Along with energy levels, I think it's important to look at academic performance. And most people don't realize this, but the underfueled brain is going to have a very hard time focusing and concentrating and learning. Um, I can tell you, you know, from personal experience that when I was a gymnast in high school and I was struggling with disordered eating, I couldn't stay awake in class. Um, I really struggled to understand um, difficult, you know, math aspects or science aspects that I would say. Uh, previously, those subjects weren't necessarily a problem for me. Um, and even in my you know, first year of college, when I was really struggling with the disordered eating after retiring from gymnastics and trying to figure out how to eat and how to exercise, um, it, it's like night and day when I started to fuel my body properly, how much better I could focus and concentrate and also um, learn. And something that's really important, especially in terms of academic performance There are a lot of gymnasts that are diagnosed with ADHD and are on medication, um, and it's important to know that nutrition plays a really important role in that, whether you have ADHD and are on medications or not, or if you suspect you have ADHD or your gymnast does, um, it's really important that we rule out underfueling because the underfed brain is going to have a very hard time focusing, regulating impulses, so on and so forth. Um, so I think, you know, that's why, you know, personally I collaborate with therapists all the time for gymnasts. Um, and you want to make sure that you're, you know, keeping an eye on that nutrition piece. If you want to learn more about gymnast nutrition and ADHD, go back and listen to episode 36 of the podcast, um, entirely on that subject. I think you'll find it super helpful. Um, the next thing you need to look back on for your gymnast this season was kind of their mental blocks and their mood and emotion regulation, which again, Nutrition is not a fix-all. It certainly will not fix all mental blocks, um, but it will only help your gymnast to work through those. And what we say is, you know, do the work in therapy or do the work in mental coaching. And it's the same thing as academic performance. The underfed brain is going to have a very hard time engaging in coursework or engaging with their sports psychologist or engaging with their therapist And so it's really important that your gymnast is on top of her nutrition and that she's getting enough. And then from a mood and emotion regulation perspective, um, this is a big one that I hear from parents and coaches where they pick their gymnast, especially kind of young high-level gymnast up from practice, you know, level five, six, seven, eight, um, and they are a complete monster. They're hangry. They are moody. They don't want to talk about practice. And, you know, while it makes sense that they're hungry and ready for dinner, that kind of exaggerated response often is more indicative of them not fueling appropriately throughout the day and not getting appropriate intra-workout fuel. And when the brain doesn't have enough nutrition or energy, your brain runs on carbs or glucose, it's going to have a hard time regulating mood and emotion because those are really technical higher order processes, right? Like your brain does not have to do those things to stay alive. Um, If your body and brain are not getting enough energy, it's going to go into low power mode. It's going to do the bare minimum just to survive. And that's to keep the brain running, the heart beating, and the lungs breathing. So if your gymnast is falling apart in practice, if she's in tears all the time, if she's giving the coach a ton of attitude, if the coach has said that she's uncoachable, if you pick her up from training, she doesn't want to talk to you, she's hangry, 
all those things um, could very much be related to underfueling. And at the same time, as always, emotions are valid. They are important. This sport needs to do a better job of teaching gymnasts to recognize and kind of work through their emotions. Um, so I'm not going to say that it's all related to nutrition, nor am I going to say that, you know, emotions are all bad. Absolutely not. But some of these kind of more exaggerated responses can definitely be a sign of underfueling um, that needs to be assessed because it really could be getting in the way of your gymnast progression, um, especially if the coach thinks that they're being, you know, uncoachable or having an attitude or not being motivated when really it could just be a lack of fueling issue. The next thing I think is important to look back on is their relationship with food and their maturity in terms of kind of food prep, um, being involved in shopping and meal preparation. Um, a lot of parents do everything for their gymnasts because their gymnasts are so busy. They do all the shopping, they do all the cooking, they pack their breakfast and lunch, they pack all their snacks, they pack their interworkout nutrition they choose where they're going to eat breakfast before the competition. You know, they do everything, which is amazing. And that's a gift. But at some point we want to make sure that we are transitioning a lot of that responsibility to our gymnast when, you know, age and maturity wise, it's appropriate because one day your gymnast is going to have to do that on her own. For some gymnasts, it's sooner than later, but certainly if your gymnast has goals of competing at the collegiate level, you know, when she goes to college, it's, it's on her. She's going to have to make all of those decisions, you know, freshman year in the dorm with the dining halls and all the other kind of eateries on campus. And then often sophomore, junior, senior year, will be living off campus where she will be fully in charge of feeding herself. And you want to make sure that you are working on these kind of foundational aspects of food prep and cooking and shopping and meal prepping to make sure that your gymnast is okay on her own. Now that doesn't mean that you can't still help and support her. Um, but on your weekends or on your off days or in the summer, um, it's really important to slow down and make sure that you're spending time on those things. Um, that's a big reason why last summer we did our gymnast, um, summer cooking series, which was a huge hit. We did virtual cooking classes in June, July, and August. Um, and a big part of that was to help gymnasts learn to love food learn to cook, learn to meal prep, learn to create a menu, to go grocery shopping, teach them basic knife skills and food prep and cooking skills. Um, because those are life skills, right? Gymnastics is temporary. It could be done tomorrow for your gymnast. Um, but them knowing how to feed and nourish themselves is really, um, important. I think the last thing as we wrap it up, that it's important to look back on this season is how did food and meals go in general? And I know that's kind of a weird thing to, to ask of you, but how was cooking? How were your schedules? How was meal prep? How was commuting You know, back and forth from the gym? Were you always eating out? Were you always eating fast food? Do you feel like you were always flying by the seat of your pants and meals were kind of just, I don't know, kind of haphazardly thrown together because that's all you had? Um, if you know me, I, I am not like a Tupperware meal prepper, um, been there, done that. Can't, can't do that. Can't eat the same thing days in a row. And at the same time, I'm busy like you guys are. And so I think there does need to be a certain degree of food planning and preparation, not only from a time and a money aspect, but also from a nutrition aspect. We know that if you eat at home more regularly, um, you tend to eat more healthfully. Um, that doesn't mean that eating out is bad. It doesn't mean that stopping for fast food is bad. Um, depending where you live, there could be a lot of great options, but at the same time, um, it's not cheap, right? I mean, to feed 
I don't know, a family of three or four at just your typical restaurant, it could easily run you 30, 40, 50 plus dollars these days, especially with inflation. So I think it's important to look back and kind of take inventory of how, how did it go? You know, did we start the school year strong and we were packing lunches and we're making snacks ahead and we were packing our gym snacks and we you know, had a menu and a meal plan for the week. And, you know, by this time of the year, we're so tired, we're so exhausted we're kind of limping to the finish line that, you know, no one knows what's up or down in terms of food. Um, I think it's important to periodically kind of take, take stock of this kind of thing. Cause it's really easy to get burnt out, to get distracted, to just be so busy, especially during season where I know a lot of families you're gone all weekend and you know, there isn't time to grocery shop, but simple things like ordering groceries, um, using like meal prep, delivery services, you know, things like HelloFresh and that kind of thing, which could just cut down on you having to figure out what to cook or sourcing the ingredients. Um, This is why we have our gymnast meal planner subscription, just to give you some new recipes and ideas. And then something that we teach in session two of the Balanced Gymnast program, our three-month live program, um, is I teach parents what I call easy real-life meal prep. And it's the process that I go through each weekend where we come up with our meals and snacks for the week, we go to the store or we order groceries. Um, it's a very loose and flexible plan because I don't like to be told what to do. If you're, if you're surprised by that, um, I, I don't like to be told you have to eat this Monday, you have to eat this Tuesday, you have to eat this for breakfast. Um, I like a loose plan that at least provides enough structure to where we know what we're going to cook. We have the ingredients, but then we can kind of take it day by day um, when making choices and kind of what we feel like or just what's what's come up, and we can kind of uh, mix and match or swap around based on what's going on that week and how busy it is utilizing leftovers, repurposing, um, utilizing eating out strategically, so on and so forth. So with that, I hope this is helpful. Um, I just listed off a bunch of things that I think it's important to go one by one and look back, talk with your gymnast, see how the season went, because if we don't look back, we can't move ahead. And again, I think so many of us are so busy in this sport that we're always just going, 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 and we might be making some of the same mistakes each season, often unknowingly, that are keeping your gymnast stuck and struggling. And we don't want to do that, right? Because there's going to be plenty of mistakes to make. Um, Let's just at least make new ones. So with that, I hope you found part one of this gymnast nutrition and recovery in the off-season series helpful. Um, Get excited for part two next week. We're going to talk about a lot more in relation to what we need to focus on to help your gymnast to have their best off season yet. Um, As always, feel free to reach out if you have questions, if there's other topics you want to learn more about. Um, If you're looking for support, uh, we are um, putting families on the wait list for the summer balanced gymnast program. This is our three month live program where it's a, it's a hybrid of group sessions. Um, there's an option for one-on-one sessions. We have an incredible private community that has so much coaching and support and accountability. Um, and I can tell you that this program is life-changing and summer would be, um, no better time than really to get your ducks in a row when it comes to nutrition, helping your gymnast to get what she needs to have a successful off season and certainly um, a next competition season. So if you want to get on the wait list, um, just go to our website, christinaandersonrdncom slash VIP. Um, you can also grab the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions or you want to inquire about one-on-one coaching, just feel free to shoot me an email, contact me on our website, shoot me an Instagram DM. And I would love to chat with you, kind of chat through with you how the last season's gone and help you come up with a plan to move forward and to optimize your gymnast nutrition for performance and longevity in the sport. So with that, 
I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.